Well, hello and welcome to Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. We are the retro show. We talk about all the good baby boomer memories growing up. If you were born between the years 1945 and 1965, you're going to really connect into what we have to share with you today. I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. And I'm George. And we're a memory show. Some of those who, unlike me, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can almost remember Christmas Eve of 1964. And if you're one of our listeners, you're going to relate to a lot of those memories, too. And we talk about the memories with over 200 shows, and the memories are nothing more than the sensory perceptions that we're, most all of us are born with, sight, sound, hearing, taste. We're going to define each of those today, starting with, um, starting with the sights, the things we'd see, the things that we'd hear. This is kind of our audible, taste, tactile, touch show special. And we do hope at the end that you'll listen and you can relate to some of these and get back to us with some of your favorite memories. Smitty, we talked earlier about some of the sights of yeah. growing up and some of the smells and some of the the sounds. And I can remember back somewhat of a memory recall of, of being two years old, two or three years old, and and hearing the telephone ring, that distinctive bell ring, the not bell. the ding-dong or the uh, chariots of the gods ringtones that we have today. You can pretty much, there was one ringtone. That's all you got, Smitty. It was, it was a bell. One ringtone, and that was a bell. It was a bell, Mike, and I remember hearing that as well. Uh, when when the phone would ring, it was just it was a bell. There was no chime. There was no nothing, no electronic sound. It was a mechanical bell. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that same topic, I remember that we had a rotary telephone in our house. And I can distinctly remember, all, well, all of us, my mom, my dad, especially my dad. My dad, our phone had kind of a, yeah. whenever he would dial or whenever I would dial or my, or my mom would dial, a sound that we totally don't hear today. It was it's, a click. It was a click. And, and a motor. Was, and a motor, yeah. And like, and like a little. Yeah. It was actually a little spring-loaded motor. It was a spring-loaded motor, motor right. It was a that motor would, that would return the dial back. Right, that would make and break the connection yep. the number of times so you wanted to dial two, so it would break it, you know, in very rapid succession to allow you to allow that number to be processed by the phone company. And that's interesting, too, because the old telephone systems, they had the distinctive dial tone. If you went to General Telephone, the dial tone was different than if you had Pacific Bell because we lived in L.A., I think out in San Fernando Valley, where you're familiar with, and even over on the west side, they had G- GTE, General Telephone, yes. which was the joke of the telephone world. Uh, General Telephone, they were the, I guess they were the Corvair of, of modern <laughs> telephone. Uh, That's one way of phrasing it. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's but Yeah, if you had General Telephone, but it was distinctive because you could go to maybe a relative's phone. I know I had, I had an aunt. And some cousins who lived out in Arcadia, they had GTE, General Telephone, and we'd pick up or we'd call. I forgot who we were. We were probably, knowing us, we were probably making crank calls. But you would have a, a whole different tone than in our place in Los Angeles where you had a steady. There was also the also the party line tone. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, how bizarre. Now, this was interesting because yes, probably before... Right. You could probably remember some of this, but you would have party lines. Sure. And you'd pick up the phone to make a call, and you could hear somebody talking. Yeah. A yeah. couple ladies talking about their you know, their chocolate over yellow cake recipe <laughs> or whatever, and you'd listen in. And you could have two or three different telephone customers on these 
on the same circuit, which would cause a party line if all three or four or five picked up at the same time. Well, no, if you had two people, then basically you could hear the other conversation. Right. I mean, you know, a little nine-year-old kid, you want to hear all you could. And there sure. were people who listened in. You were supposed to hang up and call back later. However, if you had everybody picking up the phone at the same time, you had five people on a line and four of them picked up, then you, you couldn't hear the conversation. You would just hear this this whirring up, down, woo, Then, of course, we're all familiar with the busy tone. Of course. Before call waiting and before mm-hmm. call forwarding, there was the busy busy tone. Busy tone, sure. And you don't forget how those sounded. You know, that was a busy tone. That meant the person was on the phone and you'd better call back later because you weren't going to get through and they weren't going to pick up because they had no idea you were calling. That's right. There was no call waiting or nothing. None, was, nothing. When that line became busy, you had to wait until they hung up. Yeah. I remember when we talk about memorable sounds, growing up in the 1960s in the San Fernando Valley, there was that distinct sound of the muscle cars, that you could hear the sounds of engines, uh, whether it would be uh, you know, in the city streets or whether it would be in the neighborhood streets, you would hear those sounds far more frequently than you do today. I mean, now today, every once in a while, you hear someone race the car, and when they do that, it's somewhat distracting. I mean, that it really catches your attention. But for some reason, I just recall growing up in the 60s when uh, the muscle cars were so popular and so pervasive that that was sort of like uh, a regular sound that, that you were accustomed to hearing, at least growing up in L.A. and throughout the Valley, that everyone, it wasn't that people were racing it either. They were, it was just they would drive it and, and, and it sounded like you were at a stock car race, that now you can't capture that sound unless you now go to a NASCAR event. You know, George, you're very right, because those were carbureted yeah. uh, engines without computers in them, controlling the... And with mufflers. With, with, yeah, with mufflers and, and no catalytic converters. Nothing. A totally Straight different, yeah, totally different sound. Interesting, too. I remember you would hear motorcycles in the middle of the night. Yes. And not like today's rice rockets or yes. these big Harleys, but you could hear a motor scooter going down the street. Sirens. There was certain, you could tell which was the fire department, which was the police and the ambulance. All three had different mm-hmm. types of sirens. Yeah. And especially in L.A. City where you had the fire trucks and the ambulance and the police cars, you could tell the helicopter sounds. Yes, uh, very definitely. You remember sounds growing up. Those were the sounds you could, I spoke about this on our earlier shows. We sat a little bit above the rest of we were on a in a valley and we sat a few blocks above and we could hear the cheers coming from the high school mm-hmm. which is about a mile away when there mm-hmm. was a football game on friday afternoons we could hear when franklin high school would score a touchdown because the you crowd would, knew. the crowd would roar you would always know and it sounded so enticing that oh the, you're, they're cheering and you could hear the pom- almost see the pom-poms but yet it was a mile away or so and just the sounds of, of sounds that you would make as, as a kid, putting the playing cards on your bicycle spokes yes. or the clothespins mm-hmm. yes. to mm-hmm. turn your bicycle into a sure. motorcycle. Yeah. Just the flap, 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 clap, clap of the of the playing cards hitting the spokes. Uh, little sounds, lawnmowers, the, the old gasoline, Bridge and Stratton, four yeah. cycles, they made a certain sound Sounds. that you don't hear today. I don't think there are gas lawnmowers today, but... You would have a gas lawnmower, and it would it would make a certain sound as it was cutting through the grass with the reel. 
the cutting. You know, we discussed this uh, in a much earlier podcast, but I think it's worth uh, talking about again, and that is that growing up in Southern California, you heard the voice of Vin Scully calling Dodger baseball throughout not only just L.A., but all of Southern California, parts of Arizona, and into Nevada, because I believe they were broadcasting on uh, 640 KFI, 50,000-watt clear channel. And it was interesting, in New York City, you could hear Red Barber and Mel Allen Mm -hmm. uh, calling uh, New York baseball when you would walk from neighborhood to neighborhood, and you'd never miss a pitch because everyone had their radios on. Isn't that essential, George? And isn't that amazing how that is embedded and branded into your mind, into your neurosystem. It's time for Dodger Baseball with Vin Scully, brought to you by 76 Union Gasoline. And you could hear it everywhere because he would always begin his broadcast. He would say, you know, from here, you know, from the desert to the sea and every place in between. And, And you could literally, you could be in Balboa, you know, or Newport, you could be in the San Fernando Valley, you could be in Whittier, yep. but everybody was tuned into Dodger baseball in the 60s, and you wouldn't miss a pitch. And you could tell when the seventh inning stretch at between the seventh and eighth innings, because Jerry Doggett would get on, and Vin Scully would go, I guess, have a hot dog and a beer. But yes. if you heard Jerry Doggett, you knew that the game was just about over. It was winding over. down. <laughs> yeah, it was winding down. Yeah. But yeah. I think that those sounds are, are, are absolutely amazing, you know, when you think about it, because you associate it with sounds of summer. Sounds. Yeah. Sounds and, of summer, absolutely. And, you nailed it, yeah. George. And here's interesting, George, tying into that. You were talking about AM radio. Remember when we had the old radios that had the tuner and how you would tune across the spectrum? Yes. You don't hear that anymore because no. now every, they're all have, they all have digital tuners. Yes, they do. That's a sound that we don't hear anymore unless you're someone like me who's got old radios sitting around and yeah. you tune them around. But by and large, you don't hear that anymore. Well, even the sound of radios, Smitty, where, yeah. where you'd be driving with your parents and maybe you were on a trip. And you had an AM station, and it would begin to fade mm-hmm. as you got farther and farther away. Mm-hmm. And then you would hear that static and the sound of, of your driving, and your dad's got the AM station on. He's probably one of the more powerful stations. It could be anywhere out in Palm Springs going out across the desert. And then you'd hit some transmission lines underneath, oh and my. it would just blow apart. It'd yep. make all kinds of <laughs> think, think, <laughs> scratchy oh, noises, yeah. and you were near transmission lines or toward evening when the sun would go down the radio would sound differently. Oh boy, it would. It really would. The distant stations would start yeah. to come in at that point. I want to also incorporate our brethren who p- perhaps live in uh, urban areas in the East Coast or perhaps places in the Midwest where you have um, densely packed populations and you have major uh, transportation systems, usually in the form of uh, trains, whether they be elevated or subways. But I remember in New York City, I'd spent a lot of Uh, summers also in New York City, and I was amazed about you could hear uh, the trains along the elevators through the boroughs of New York, and it sounded like it was coming into your Mm -hmm, living room. mm -hmm. And I remember my uncle Jim Halalakos would say, Georgie, he said, I haven't heard a train in 30 years. I mean, it's just so ingrained. Yeah, he was so used to it. But yet, if you listen to it, I mean, it just kind of becomes part of... uh, you know, of, of the sounds of the city, if you will. So I, I would say that in places like New York City and elsewhere where you have these uh, great transit systems, the sound of the of, of the trains approaching and departing would have to be part of the, uh, you know, of the scene as well. Absolutely, absolutely. What about some of the things that we remember from our households, uh, Mike? I know we were talking about washing machines and 
I remember, in fact, I have kind of, I have an older washing machine here, but I remember the old, uh, my mom had a ringer washing machine when I was a little kid. And I remember it had like a dial on it that had a little bell on it, like a little timer, and you, and she'd set it and it would go, you know, as she was setting it. And you don't hear that anymore. Now, again, no. all, all the newer digital. machines, it's all digital. You don't hear all those mechanical sounds. All circuit board sounds. digital, but we, talk, we almost blend the sounds and the sights in with the tactile of the feel. We talked about the telephone, the, the tone, the yes. telephone, mm-hmm. the dial mm-hmm. tone. But putting your little fingers when you're growing up into the rotary dial, oh, yes. how you drag them down and then you'd feel that spring, draw the dial mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even dialing the radio, the, the push button. Yes. Dad, my dad always had the push button set for KFWB mm-hmm. and KFI and KRKD mm-hmm. for the music and I think KIEV, KBC. But you'd press those dials, you'd press the buttons in the car and you'd watch that. And this is sight. You'd watch that needle jump over to where you, that memory was for that button, the red stick, the indicator, and stop at that frequency. And then on both sides, you had the Connell red. Right, you yes. You had the little circle with the CD. At, right, and, uh, at 640 and 1240 on the dial. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that told you you were at, K, at KFI. Yep, KFI. I remember, to go back to the washing machine example, my mother had a, a Kenmore washer, I believe, but I remember that if it got out of balance... It would actually sound uh, an alarm. It sounded like like an air raid siren. Her and, sure. and so that so I remember that my mother would have to dispatch me, and I used to in those days I would pretend like I was being dispatched, you know, on a mission to try to to disarm the. Those know. are the ones with the. A lot of them didn't have the alarm, and it would just sound like an airplane was crashing into your house. Oh my gosh! Especially yeah. if your mom or, was washing your sneakers, and it yes. moved. And sometimes the, the washing machine would move would across move. the floor. It would start it jumping would. across yes, the floor. It would. It would. And, yeah. If you had sneakers in there, or maybe your forget about it. Maybe your jacket and the zipper would <laughs> yeah. be clicking, oh, clicking, yeah. clicking sure. away. I remember my aunt had on one of the first Maytags, and and the lid would wouldn't stay down, so she would pay us to sit on the lid <laughs> while the washing machine was going, <laughs> mm-hmm. because as you say, it would start dancing across the floor, and you'd have suds coming out and all kinds of things uh, going on. But you hear bam, 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 and you knew somebody's sneakers were in there. Yeah. And there was no alarm, so it would go till it quit, and just that drum would just go berserk. Oh, it would, yeah. Yeah, I remember that as well. You know, Gilbert, I, I, I was going to ask you, do, do you think about specific sounds as evoking a specific era? Because I think that, in fact, I believe we talked about it in a previous podcast, but I remember in the 1960s, in fact, you can confine it to the decade of the 60s across the country were the sonic booms. Mm-hmm. And those sonic mm-hmm. booms were made by the Convair B-58 Hustler, right. which was you know on patrol for the Strategic Air Command, the subject of a book I wrote earlier. Yes, correct. And, I mean, the sonic booms what evoked the era of the Cold War. Sure. Right, exactly. And, of course, the Cold War the Cold we associate War? with... Air raid sirens, right? Exactly. And the klaxons that would sound at school, where which we had I, to do the drop drills. And which so I forth. think was a topic that we that we covered way back on on a previous program. But I remember as a little kid, I believe it was every gosh, every Monday or every every Monday at noon or every Tuesday at noon, they would test the air raid siren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember uh, being a little kid, and I remember hearing it and asking my mom, "What's that?" And she said, "Oh, they're just testing the siren." Yeah, ours and, was last Friday of the month. Yeah, or in something LA. like that. In fact, I will tell you guys something that's very interesting in the state of hawaii 
Sharon and I spent 25 winters there, and we were there usually for four or five weeks at a time, so invariably would overlap different months. But I remember on more than one occasion, she reminded me of this, that, you know, we would be there literally on on the beachfront there hearing the, the sound of the waves, and then all of a sudden at 12 noon, you'd hear this klaxon, and mm-hmm. what it was was it was those old air raid sirens mm-hmm. they had from the 60s from the Cold War, except nowadays they yeah. are used for tsunami. tsunami warnings. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's interesting that something that's from the Cold War right. era is still being used, but in a different context. But to get back to your original question that you posed to me, George, a few a couple of minutes ago, yeah, I think a lot of sounds are evocative of certain eras. Mm-hmm. You go back, this is a sound from the 60s. This is a sound from the 50s. You or know. a period of your life. A period in your life, exactly, which coincides with the 60s or the 70s or whatnot. What about sites? <clears throat> Do you guys have any recollection of, of, of particular sites? I mean, we're talking about the visual aspect, seeing things on a recurring basis that is uh, evocative of a certain era or period. Special sales or car dealerships or carnivals, the spotlights that they would rent mm-hmm. with the generator. Mm-hmm. Now, that's sight and sound, but you'd go up and... and in Highland Park, it was North Figueroa, and there was Angela Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. And on Friday nights, they would have a car special, and they'd rent these big, it looked like the Battle of Britain. These were huge, and there would be three or four of them with their own generators. These were ma- large spotlights, and they would just sweep the sky. You could see them for miles. Or they'd have a movie premiere, mm-hmm. and they'd have the spotlights up, and you'd <clears> see them and wonder wonder where that is or what's going on. And mm-hmm. occasionally, my dad would drive us up the boulevard and we'd see these and they'd be parked out in front of the car dealership and they'd be moving constantly mm-hmm. all the time you could hear the generators and and all the excitement the uh in the carnivals too mm-hmm. just the neon uh the 50s and 60s were the period of neon yeah where i grew up in suburbia los angeles everything was neon i remember the okay mm-hmm. used car car lot was big okay used car neon sign never forget that that visual uh, visuals of toy displays in the mm-hmm. toy shops, or mm-hmm. even in the Sears catalog, you look at the hundred-piece World War II infantry pin layout, and it never looked like when you got it home and built it yourself, because these were done by professional photographers. Always, but they look yeah. so stunning. You know, the Omaha Beach, and they'd have soldiers, and the Germans were gray, and the Americans were green, and the visual that you'll never forget. Okay, that I would see that, and I would say, okay, uh, Christmas time, sixty-three. Mm-hmm. Christmas time, 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beanie and Cecil. This was the dolls where you could pull the string out on Beanie and let it go, and Beanie would say, Hi, Cecil. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Hi. And, okay, yeah. Uh, it's Christmas 62. My little brother got one of those. Remember, like it was yesterday. Battery-operated sounds. We had the monkey gun by Remco. Oh, and, yes. of course, your batteries would run out the day after Christmas, but they were battery-operated. It was a clack, 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 clack. And like you say, Smitty, uh, you had the sights, the sights that reminded you, oh, I saw this, or if you see a picture on Google or, or some archive site. I remember looking at that Texaco fire chief insignia on the gas pump. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, that sure. was 64. My dad would take me to get gas on Saturday afternoons. And one thing that I remember, it just seemed like the Christmases of years back, they were more exciting. Well, maybe when you're a little kid, lights, mm-hmm. Santa Claus, seeing, you know, lots of decorations. People would really go out of their way to really decorate their houses, their yards. Get ready for the season. Yes, exactly. The, the smell, back to the smell, that the smell of the pine tree on top of the car. Coming back to the house and the sticky sap, 
that's tactile, the feel of the sap leaking yes. out of the, the pine tree that you're going to get ready, the, sure. the tinsel that you would get in strings and hang it on the branch. Yeah, a lot of good feelings. We're going to break for a retromercial here, but don't go away. We've still got more memories of, of sights, sounds, touch here, and much, much more. Don't go away. Retromercial right here, Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. When you've got a man's job to do, you need new manpower. The power-packed aerosol deodorant. Manpower's got stepped-up penetration power. Never sticky. Dries in seconds. And manpower's got 24-hour staying power. Try it. New manpower. Aerosol deodorant. By Schulten. Makers of Old Spice. Just one dollar. Manpower. Hey, what did you all think of that commercial? That's something that you wouldn't hear on. You wouldn't hear that today, Man would you, power. Mike? <laughs> you still got Old Spice? You still got a bottle of Old Spice? Oh, somewhere there's a bottle yeah, of Old yeah. Spice. And that, that's right. It was made by Shulton. By Shulton, and it had the weird bottle yeah, with the sail, a little sailboat the in it. Yeah. And this is kind of an interesting commercial from 1964. So you wouldn't hear that on uh, the radio anymore. No, long gone. Long gone. But anyway, welcome back to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. I'm Gilbert Smitty-Smith, along with my good buddies Mike Bragg and George Halalakos. We're talking about senses from the past, uh, sights, sounds, tastes, smells. Let me get into smells, because uh, we, we've talked about sights and sounds. Smells. You know, it's been said that uh, that a smell will take It's one of the most strongest senses, isn't it, George? That if you smell something, it'll take you right back to Very a much so. certain place and time. And I want to do it on a bi-coastal basis. Okay. First of all, growing up uh, in the San Fernando Valley, there was an oral wheat bakery. Mm. Do you remember mm. that, Mike Bragg? There was a, there was a bakery out there between uh, North Hollywood and Burbank, and you could smell at night the, uh, the bread baking. And it just gave you a nice, warm feeling you knew about the tasty bread. And, of course, we knew someone that worked there uh, that was very nice that provided uh, us sometimes some complimentary loaves. But I I also wanted to now switch to the East Coast because one of the things that I remember in New York City, particularly, you know, in the neighborhoods, you know, every neighborhood in New York City is a self-contained community. And you have all of these wonderful shops uh, that are specialty shops. You know, it could be a sandwich shop, could be a pizza place. Uh, bakery and so forth and you could literally walk the neighborhood and you could smell all of the you know the wonderful uh, you know culinary delights that were being prepared or there was restaurants you know you'd have all types of mm-hmm. of, of uh, different um, restaurants chinese seafood restaurants mm-hmm. and so forth mm-hmm. and i just remember particularly being in the east coast that you'd also see street vendors you know selling pretzels hot dogs and other such items that you don't really find here on the west coast and those sights, you know, I mean, excuse me, those smells, along with the sights and sounds, but particularly the smells, I remember that. When you go to the baseball park, I remember it was evoked in one of the movies that paid tribute to the sport, the smell of the grass, mm-hmm. the smell of the grass. When you got to the ballpark and you, if you were able to get there early enough, you could, you could smell the roasted peanuts. And the hot dogs brewing. I mean, it was uh, something yeah. that was very, very special. That's interesting. You mentioned about the bread baking because I lived in uh, southeast San Diego here in, in the San Diego area. And my aunt, uh, my late aunt, lived in the Logan Heights area also. She'd come over. Sometimes we would take her. We, my dad and I or my dad, mom and I would drop her off. And there was a bakery nearby. And at night, 
George, you could smell that, and it smells so good, the bread baking. Oh, it just it, smells it so you good. You could think, maybe yeah. we can have some in the morning, or maybe a, yeah, a, a late exactly, night snack. Exactly, a late night snack with maybe some, some melted butter, butter, yeah, or some butter or something, <laughs> yeah. I'm remembering the smells I associate a lot with school. I remember in um, elementary school, you know, they would line you up, you know, before you're going into class. And now I know that it was a, the plants were little star jasmines. But I remember that they had them there and they just smelled so good while mm-hmm. we were waiting to go into class. Mm-hmm. Later on, I uh, remember I associate smells with shop classes. Mm-hmm. I had wood shop class in the seventh grade. Our teacher used to use lacquer thinner. It seemed like he used lacquer thinner for everything. Lacquer thinner, to me, it smells really good. And mm-hmm. I would, ah, oh, it smells, mm-hmm. although it's not, it, I don't recommend it to you folks, but, lacquer it, but it's thinner. lacquer thinner. For a man-sized man. Yes, for man, yeah. <laughs> and then later on in high school, in our high school electronics class, mm-hmm. the stock solder. room. Solder and the stock room. Yeah. There was a lot of surplus World War II stuff that had been donated years before, yeah. tubes and parts. Mm-hmm. And it just had a certain smell that if I smell that today, which you do once in a while when you go into a mm-hmm. surplus store or whatever, it takes me right back to my high school electronics shop class. I remember going to Hawaii that there was a distinct smell with the plumeria and mm-hmm. a lot of the flora and the fauna. And then if you know, when you'd come back... And if you were to go to a flora shop or something, then suddenly those smells would take you back to where you were, you know. Well, yeah, smells are so much easier categorized in the brain because if you think of the things we smell in our lifetime, it's very limited compared to the number of things we see or the number of things we hear or the number of things we touch. Uh, How about you talk about a smell that will take you directly back to a time and place in your life. The smell of charcoal briquettes oh, yeah. oh, on the barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dad putting the briquette mm-hmm. starter on it, hitting the match, and those briquettes starting to turn white and gray. Mm-hmm. The, the the smell of the hot dogs and the burgers on the grill oh, and, yeah. and as, as the grease would sizzle and, and create the smoke. Uh, the smell of autumn. The uh, autumn, autumn. leaves yes, falling. Autumn, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember that, particularly uh, when I was living on the East Coast, that I really experienced it. Uh, well, even more so. We had a retro retromercial on manpower of fragrance. You think about, I think about my grandmother. She wore Emerald by Cody. That was mm-hmm. her fragrance. That mm-hmm. was her perfume, Emerald. Mm-hmm. My mom wore something else, and my my aunt wore something else. My dad, he was an Old Spice guy. I'll never forget. Yeah, my dad used Old Spice. When I came of age, they had these pop fragrances, High Karate, Jade East, called mm-hmm. Jade high karate and right, remember those. grass oil and all this weird stuff. But in the 50s, you were limited. How about the smell of Vitalis, the hair tonic? My dad used to use Vitalis. Yeah, Vitalis yeah. Or, <laughs> yes. or Wild Root. Wild Root. That is or amazing. butch wax, the smell of that horrible wax that would just plaster down your hair. How about hair. Depth for Men? Remember Depth yeah. for Men yeah. was similar. Alberto product. VO5. Alberto. It had a, you could line up yes. every fragrance of gunk that you would put in your hair. Prell when shampoo I had hair. was another one. Prell, you will remember Prell to the day you die. Ivory soap, you will never forget mm-hmm. the smell of ivory soap as mm-hmm. long as you live. Zest, Irish yes, spring. Yes, zest, yes. Uh, the smell of fresh laundry. I, my grandmother, and to, for some years my mom, they would hang the laundry out on the line. And the smell of fresh linen drying in the breeze. You'd walk through those sheets and those clothes and pants, and you could smell... The freshness of the sun drying the, that clothing on the on the clothesline. I'll give you one that evokes a lot of memories for me. My dad used to plant a vegetable garden every year. Oh my! And walking through the 
where he had the corn okay. and the tomatoes. That freshness. You, yeah, the freshness. And then when you pick the tomatoes, the a little aroma. bit of the stem, the stem smells so delicious. Mm-hmm. It just smells It smells like nature. It yeah. smells really, really wonderful. I, so remember, wonderful my, I remember my mother had uh, sweet basil that she would plant, yes. and she gave it to the mother of a dear friend of mine. And and evoke for her memories from growing up in Italy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, we got good, very good history of ethnic aromas, George. I, you think of things in American suburbia. I, you know, in the fifties and sixties, there was no latex paint. There was no acrylic. Everything was oil based. Yes. You walked into a freshly painted oil based room. You will never forget that smell mm-hmm. of a fresh painted room that was drying. It had a. A freshly painted aroma it to it. It smelled very good. But it yeah. was oil-based, and there was nothing in the world like it. You could you could take it in and, and breathe it. Uh, the smell of dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about, a, talked about a garden, but mm-hmm. even doing yard work, Smitty, raking leaves or, or mow, your dad you know, mowing the lawn, fresh mowed grass. Yeah. You will never, ever in your life forget what fresh mowed grass the, smells the like. The smell of dirt after a dirt, rain. A rain, yeah. You know, and, uh, or after a rain itself, yeah. when the rain first hits and the streets have that clean smell. Yes, the clean smell. That great smell. Well, we're going to have to get out of this show, folks, with all of the sensory memories that we have to share. We could go on for hours on these ones because this show, this show is about the sensory memories. But we're going to have to wrap it up for now. We are so thankful that you joined us for this this episode of Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside, and we've got more. We've got over 200 before this one, and we're going to hopefully have 200 after this one. But in the meantime, we've got to wrap it up for now. I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. And I'm George. And join us again at Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside. You can find us all over the place. Not all over the place, but namely on Google, if you went to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside in your search box. But preferably, you'll become a friend of ours on Facebook, Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside. Join us with on that site as a friend. You're going to find out that you can get to any one of our shows through that avenue, through that portal, and find out the shows that we're rolling out, which we're in our 2017 season now, so we'll be rolling out shows on a pretty much regular basis. In the meantime, we are so glad you joined us. Join us again right here at Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. This is the Galaxy Nostalgia Network.